This podcast is brought to you by Reynolds and Reynolds, the industry leader in automotive technology. Learn how inadequate data may be impacting your used vehicle department at reyrey.com slash used cars. That's R-E-Y-R-E-Y dot com slash used dash cars. Welcome to Daily Drive for Thursday, December 14th, 2023. I'm Jake Neer with Automotive News in Detroit, in for Jamie Butters and Kellen Walker. Today on the show, Cruise fires nine liters and will slash about a quarter of its workforce. Rivian lands a pilot deal to supply commercial vehicles to AT&T, and Cadillac adds a three-row EV crossover to its lineup. Plus, the Tesla Cybertruck is finally here. Our own Lonnie Iliff joins the show to talk about some of its most notable features. They just decided, okay, let's push the boundaries further, right? Before we did a lot of software tricks that nobody was doing. Now we're going to do a bunch of hardware tricks that nobody's doing. And it's really fascinating. Let's run through all the news you need to know to keep up in the auto industry. General Motors' self-driving unit Cruise is slashing 24% of its full-time workforce. The company says it will affect about 900 employees. The cuts are primarily in commercial operations and related corporate functions. They come after Cruise fired nine executives. Those firings come as a result of the company's ongoing investigation into an October 2nd self-driving crash that involved a pedestrian and the company's subsequent actions. The departures include COO Gil West, Chief Legal Officer Jeff Bleich, and Head of Government Affairs David Estrada. That's according to a source familiar with the dismissals who spoke with us at Automotive News. The changes were addressed late Wednesday afternoon in a Slack message sent from new Cruise president Craig Glidden to the company's staff. This is a developing story. You can get the latest at autonews.com. Cadillac will add a three-row electric crossover for the 2026 model year, giving the luxury brand five electric vehicles. The Vistic will fit in between the midsize Lyric EV and the Escalade IQ large electric SUV. The brand didn't provide other details, including pricing. Cadillac declined to share specific details about the Vistic's size, but the vehicle appears to be similar in profile and footprint to the three-row gasoline-powered XT6. General Motors' luxury brand has said it aims to have an all-electric lineup by the end of the decade. U.S. wireless carrier AT&T says it will purchase some electric vehicles from Rivian. The company says it'll be a pilot program to evaluate ways to reduce cost, cut carbon emissions, and improve safety. The deal is the first for Rivian after the company ended its exclusivity pact with Amazon for its delivery vans last month. That opened the door for more commercial customers. AT&T says it expects to start adding Rivian electric commercial vans, R1T pickups, and R1S SUVs to its fleet in early 2024. The companies did not disclose the number of vehicles AT&T will buy or the financial terms of the deal. And Michigan Governor Gretchen Whitmer says she'll ask lawmakers to approve a $25 million tax rebate program to boost vehicle sales in Michigan. 
The program will particularly incentivize electric or hybrid-powered cars and trucks made in unionized plants. The Democratic governor outlined a different EV rebate proposal in 2022 and a sales tax break on EV purchases earlier this year. Neither became law. Under the latest plan, the rebates would be applied to the final price of a new vehicle. They would offer $2,500 on a battery electric or hybrid vehicle manufactured in a unionized factory, $2,000 on an electric or hybrid made in a non-unionized facility, $1,500 on a gas-powered vehicle in a unionized plant, and $1,000 on a combustion vehicle in a non-unionized factory. Used vehicles would not be eligible for the rebate, which would last until the $25 million is gone. That amount of money would cover between 10,000 and 25,000 vehicles. That's roughly the number of new vehicles that are sold in Michigan in a week or two. And those are today's headlines. Coming up, a look at some of the most interesting features in Tesla's long-awaited Cybertruck. That's next on Daily Drive. Lack of inventory, increased auction fees, and a volatile market means stocking your lot can be challenging these days. To be successful, you have to move fast. You need to make decisions quickly at auction. You need to inspect trade-ins and decide on an offer that will benefit you without slowing down the sales process. You need to appraise and price vehicles with the most up-to-date information possible in a market that can change quickly. But the data you rely on to make these decisions could be holding you back. How often do you find yourself manually filtering through comps because there are outliers that don't match the vehicle you're appraising? When unexpected mechanical issues come up, how much time do you have to spend looking back through comps to reprice the vehicle and determine if the reconditioning costs are worth it? How long do you spend searching through individual auction and third-party websites for the inventory you need? These problems affect the entire used vehicle process from acquisition to appraisal to merchandising. Visit rayray.com slash used cars to explore how old and irrelevant vehicle information may be holding you back and discover how to make improvements for faster, more accurate, and more profitable decisions. That's rey.com slash used dash cars. The auto industry's shift to carbon neutrality is here and it's accelerating, but is it enough? This is a moral imperative, an economic imperative, a moment of peril, but also a moment of extraordinary possibilities. No more hesitancy, no more excuses, no more waiting for the others to move first. There is simply no more time for that. Driving to Zero is a new podcast series from Automotive News that looks at the auto industry's roadmap to carbon neutrality. We take a big picture look at the environmental, political, and social trends pushing the move toward a greener future. And we pull back the curtain on how these decisions are being made at the highest levels. I said, you know, the, the headline that you need is, is GM believes in an all electric future. And I think Dan Ammon and Mary Barra pretty much said the same thing, which is, is like, but, but we, we don't. Spoiler alert, they came around to that idea. Find out how and much more. I'm Jake Neer. Join me and Automotive News Executive Editor Jamie Butters on Driving to Zero, available now wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome. 
Welcome back to Daily Drive. I'm Jake Neer. The Tesla Cybertruck is not just the wildest vehicle on the road because it looks like a giant stainless steel triangle. It's also packed with industry-leading innovations, cool features, and curiosities. From its hardened metal exterior to the 48-volt electrical system that saves copper wire, CEO Elon Musk and other Tesla executives boast that the Cybertruck is an engineering marvel. Lawrence Iliff covers Tesla and Silicon Valley for us at Automotive News. He has a piece on autonews.com and in next week's print edition about 10 of the Cybertruck's most notable features. He and Jamie spoke about a couple of them. Lonnie Iliff, welcome back to Daily Drive. I'm happy to be here again. You've been writing about the Tesla Cybertruck. This is one of the most anticipated new vehicles in some time. And you have a new story coming out about some of the high-tech features. What, what inspired you? You know, what's interesting is, you know, Tesla talks about first principles, and that's like, let's stop thinking about the way other people are doing things, and let's just do it the way we want to do it. And with the first vehicles, they couldn't completely do that, right? Because the supply chain was the way the supply chain was, and they had to make vehicles, they had to make money, they had to not go out of business. But with the Cybertruck, now they're a company that has a lot of money. And they just decided, okay, let's push the boundaries further, right? Before we did a lot of software tricks that nobody was doing. Now we're going to do a bunch of hardware tricks that nobody's doing. And it's really fascinating. Well, let's start with maybe the most obvious of those uh, hardware tricks, the stainless steel exterior, very edgy design, but, but a really unusual process. Yeah, and that, that stainless steel design really um, defines the truck in a lot of ways, right? Because once they decided on stainless steel that was hardened, right, it was difficult to bend, then that's why you get that shape, that strange shape of the vehicle, because <laughs> every piece has to be mostly flat, right? They do have a process that they developed with air to bend it to get the right shape, but mostly those are just all flat pieces and that's why you get that triangular shape and you get this material and i thought it was really interesting one of the uh, a couple of the tesla executives were explaining they said when you make a pickup truck you make it strong on the inside you know you have these big pieces of metal and it has to be strong but on the outside you put this thin layer of paint paint that could be chipped with a a door ding paint that can be chipped with a rock on the highway. So you put this mm -hmm. delicate paint on the outside of this super tough truck. And they said, we're going to put the tough stuff on the outside. It also is going to contribute to the structure of the vehicle. So it does have mm -hmm. some, I don't want to say weight bearing, but it does cause, you know, more torsional rigidity. And they said they put less structure inside because the stainless steel is doing some of that work. And so you get this crazy iconic look, you get these crazy shapes, and it's really tough. I mean, we'll have to see it in the wild, but, you know, people have thrown shopping carts at it and stuff. And, you know, it's maybe it's one of those vehicles where you don't have to worry about it getting dinged. And then obviously Tesla saves the process of painting it. They will mm -hmm. sell you for, I think, $6,000 a vinyl wrap in different colors and stuff if you want it to make look look cool but they don't have to paint it in the factory 
when everyone's got a cyber truck, then that will be the way it'll still look different. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, there has been a trend toward toward wrapping vehicles, especially in the mm-hmm. Tesla community, because everybody gets like, they're like white, black, red, you know, Tesla is not known for great colors. And so there has been a lot of wrapping going on. It, it'll be fun to see the wraps. You know, the other thing about the stainless steel exterior is this idea of it being bulletproof. Um, and oh, and yeah. maybe maybe not all the way bulletproof, at least, you know, bullet resistant, uh, pretty, pretty safe and protective. Yeah. And, you know, I don't know, even from watching all these interviews and stuff, whether it, it was deliberate or whether they were just they made it sound like, oh, yeah, let, let's shoot it up and see what happens. That it was not like a deliberate design choice that it just happened to go that way. And so they they decided to highlight it. But um they shot it up, you know, with uh, uh, an older weapon, right? A Tommy gun mm-hmm. and some other mm-hmm. weapons that um, are not the most powerful in the world, but they're common weapons, right? They, they are right. common weapons. And th- the bullets, you know, didn't get through the door, right? And in a normal car door, they will. Maybe people don't know that from the movies and stuff. Police officers do have reinforced doors, but most people, it will go right through mild steel to the other side. And so um, I think it's, you know, I think it's a cute thing that they are using to demonstrate how tough it is. But um, they've, you know, their executives have also said, you know, if you have a, a armor piercing bullet or if you have, you know, a very powerful bullet, it's going to go through the door. Yeah, it feels, uh, I, I hope they don't say bulletproof uh, very much because it, it could be one of those things like autopilot or full self-driving where you say something that maybe has a, a technically less uh, all-encompassing meaning, but people assume it can do more. And I don't know, hopefully people aren't getting shot at, but yeah, or it does you, happen. You, you get some kids say, well, I'll, I'll sit in the cyber truck and you shoot at me, <laughs> which right. obviously could be disastrous because- among other things, the windows are not bulletproof, right? So, I mean, it, it's only bulletproof if you shoot at a specific part of the car. Right, right. <laughs> so speaking of the windows, of course, a lot of us remember the uh, first uh, reveal of the Cybertruck prototype. And uh, it was on stage and, and Elon Musk was talking about, you know, how, how rugged it was going to be. And he had the chief designer, Franz von Holzhausen, uh, toss some uh, ball bearings at it. And famously, the the windows kind of shattered right there on the stage. Yeah. Uh, a little bit embarrassing, just a, a production or, a, you know, a staging snafu. Uh, but what's the what's the status of the glass in the in the new the new Cybertruck, the real Cybertruck? It, it was fun because at the delivery v- event on November 30th, they kind of reenacted this, you know, and they were obviously in a jovial mood and everything. And so um elon gave the ball to franz and but this time it was a, a baseball, baseball. and yeah. it, it, we don't know how hard that baseball was right there's baseballs and baseballs <laughs> there's kids baseballs you know whatever and he kind of you know half-heartedly i would say threw it at the window and it didn't break right so okay. i think they've kind of given up on the idea that it would be able to you know suffer a large steel bearing, you know, for whatever technical reasons, safety, et cetera, the, the windows are not um, bulletproof or, or, I mean, they say that they're, they're resistant to breaking, but not a ball bearing. Fair enough. 
Fair enough. All right. Aside from the exterior, uh, there's some other pretty cool technology. This is using steer by wire uh, and rear wheel steering. Uh, tell us what you know how that works and what the benefits are. Okay, so steer by wire, it's not completely new in the industry, but it's also not used very much in the industry, right? And what it is, is there's no physical connection between the steering wheel and the power steering motors, right? So it's like a video game. You turn the wheel and software tells the motors to do this or that, right? And so what happens in that situation, the rear mo- the rear wheels too, in this case, we, we can talk about that, but... What, so what happens is in this case is you could tell those motors to do whatever they want now that they're no physically connected. So you don't have to turn the wheel very much. When you're in a parking lot and you turn a little bit, your wheels turn a lot because you're in a parking lot and you have to, you don't want to be hand over handing, you know, a lot. And then when and you're, you're, on the and highway, you're not moving very fast yeah. and you're not moving very fast, right? So it's, it's safe for the wheels to be turning quickly with this kind of, you know, joystick controller in a way, uh, in the form of a steering wheel. And then when you're on the highway, um, obviously you don't want big jerky movements because you could get yourself into some real trouble at, you know, 70 miles an hour or whatever. So it moves much less, but the, the few reviewers who've talked about this, they say it's, it's, it's weird because your brain thinks one thing's going to happen and a different things happens. Right. And it, it happens at different speeds, at different rates. And so you kind of have to reprogram your brain to get used to using like a, a video game controller that could do things that you're not used to. Did any of them say kind of how long it took them to feel comfortable, you know, with the change from low speed to high speed and the different steering torques? Well, Marquez Brownlee, who's a, a, a tech guy, who but also is doing like a lot of car stuff now, he said that, you know, in the couple days he had it, he was still getting used to it. In fact, he said that the weirdest thing about the Cybertruck to him was the, the steering. It's the mm-hmm. thing that he says, every Tesla, you have to learn something new, right? <laughs> they took away the stock, so you have to use your fingers for, for, for turn signals. He said, this is the big thing you have to relearn with this Tesla, is that, that weird steering. Yeah, no, I, I get it. You know, as someone who gets to drive uh, test vehicles fairly regularly, you know, there are some cars that are really different or when you first have to first get to use a one pedal, uh, one pedal acceleration yeah, sure. and braking, sure. you know, it takes a little while to get used to, but often in just a few days, it's amazing how fast we can learn to adapt. It'll be interesting to hear what the, the Tesla customers have to say about that. One more thing before I let you go. Uh, one of the other cool features I want to make sure we touch on is the uh, the weight-bearing tonneau cover. Uh, of course, we don't usually see the Cybertruck with its bed open. Uh, it usually has, uh, has almost like a roof over it, uh, but it's really a tonneau. Uh, tell us what's what's that like. Well, what's interesting, so the, 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 that tonneau cover is like, like you said, it's the default, right? It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's there for aerodynamic efficiency so that the wind doesn't get stuck in the bed, right? The wind's mm-hmm. going to go over the top of the thing. And if it gets stuck in the bed, it's going to start spinning around in the bed. And, and they don't want that, obviously, for efficiency reasons. And so that tonneau cover is, is there. And there's two interesting things about it. One is it can hold 300 pounds and 
Marcus Brownlee, the YouTuber, he got up on one foot on it. He looks like he probably mm-hmm. weighs about 200 pounds. He said that if he jumped on it, he could probably break it if he really wanted to, but you can stand on it. The other thing about the tonneau cover that's kind of interesting is it covers the rear window. So when the t- tonneau cover is in place, you can't look out the rear window. And so you have to use your infotainment screen has a video feed that's your rear view mirror. All right. Well, so much uh, unusual, far out and uh, technology here. Uh, we've talked about some of the key things, but there's a lot more in your story. Uh, people can read about it and uh, autonews.com uh, today and uh, next week's uh, print edition. So lots of good stuff there for folks to read about. Lonnie, thanks so much for joining us and uh, keeping an eye on every all things Tesla for us. Thank you. I enjoyed it. That's Daily Drive for today. I'm Jake Neer, in for Jamie Butters and Kellen Walker. Thanks to Automotive News journalists Pete Bigelow and Lindsey Van Holy for their reporting for today's podcast. We also had reporting from David Eggert of our sibling publication, Crane's Detroit Business. You can get the latest news on tech and innovation, the fallout at Cruise, and everything happening in the auto industry at autonews.com. Come back tomorrow for a look at the auto credit trends to look for in 2024. Lenders are going to be able to make really better decisions and hopefully allow to extend credit uh, without assuming more risk. If you enjoy the podcast, remember to like, leave a review and subscribe so you never miss an episode.